Hey moms and grandmoms, this Moms Together podcast is designed just for you, a busy mom or grandmom. All the Moms Together topics are relevant to today's family. Current parenting information and trends will be discussed. You'll receive a word of encouragement and we will share a laugh and be blessed by a heartfelt prayer. We're Lori Wildenberg and Heather Riggleman and our families are made up of littles to young adults. Together with our mom team, we host Moms Together on Facebook. And we're closing in on 20,000 moms, and now it's time to grow our community through a podcast. Many of us question how to navigate motherhood because life is messy and the struggle is real. So join us as we discuss subjects that are close to your mom or grandmom heart. Let's do this mom life together because we are better together. Uh, if you didn't get a chance to listen to our last podcast, episode fi- episode five, uh, The Big Bad Mad, you are really going to want to listen in to that. Um, we are talking about that uh, anger and what to do about it and how to actually experience it and use it wisely. So anger is a, an emotion we all have and um, something that uh, we kind of want to use in a good way. <laughs> so we uh, hope that we've given you some tools. So anyway, um, today's podcast is uh, it's kind of a tough one. We're going to tackle that um, heartbreaking topic of self-harm and behaviors like cutting. Um, this podcast is really for the, the mom who is concerned her child could be self-harming or maybe is self-harming, or perhaps even the mom who is involved in this um, behavior herself. So we are going to talk about all things around warning signs and then what we can do we can do about this heartbreaking situation. Today, my co-host, um, oh, and I'm Lori Wildenberg, by the way, and my co-host, Heather Riggleman, she's mm-hmm. going to share a real um, personal story, her own story, actually, about self-harm and um this this story is really going to help all of us get some wisdom and gain some compassion compassion regarding this really difficult hard thing so hey heather how's it going good i'm so glad you're here to talk about this and Mm -hmm. it's really very brave of you to do this and you recently wrote a blog over at crosswalk on self-harm titled can I really share my scars? And Mm -hmm. wow. um, First off, that blog has gone crazy, right? Yep. It's gone viral. It's had thousands of views, which is really surprising. Yeah. So I wasn't, I wasn't expecting that. Um, And so when my editor asked me to write it, um, I was a little nervous about it. And she's like, just, and she um, tried to provide structure for it. And she's like, you know what? I just want you to write it how you think God would want you to write it. So I just kind of wrote it down and then I just gave it to her and I didn't give it, I didn't give it another thought. Wow. <laughs> Straight from the heart, really. Mm-hmm. So um, would you, we'd really like to hear, you know, your, your story. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I know it's, if God always uses these hard things so that we can not only learn but gain compassion and and just sort of have some sort of understanding. So could you just kind of tell us a little bit about what sort of um, self-harm you were involved in and mm-hmm. perhaps maybe why it kind of got started and mm-hmm. just tell us your story. 
<laughs> well, um, it's, I, you know, I like to joke because, you know, I've, I've, I've my, my whole thing is I've always, I've been there, done that, got a t-shirt. And so I like to joke um, that after a series of very well-timed events in college, um, that's when I became um, suicidal. And that's also when I started the self-harm. The self-harm actually started before um, the suicidal ideations. And so um, at that time, I had been um, assaulted by a coworker. And so my husband didn't know how to handle it. I didn't know how to handle it. Um, we weren't, you know, a part of a church or anything like that at the time. We didn't, I didn't really even believe in God at that point. Um, I kind of thought he was just kind of like this, you know, a crutch for everybody else, like, you know, for, for, for if you have weaknesses um, in that sort of thing. And so um, after I was assaulted, here I am trying to deal with um, just a lot of the, the, the emotions, you know, that, that come with that. And at the same time, I'm raising up um, our daughter. And right about that time, she was around, oh, I'd say about three years old. And so I was also having to kind of reflect back on my own childhood and how I was raised. And so, like I was saying, it was like after a series of very well-timed events, um, that's when all of this kind of gotten started. And so for me, um, there was just so much pain that the cutting was, was a way to kind of, um, release the tension because I was basically like, you know, the walking wounded, like there was just, uh, so much pain, you know, inside of me. I didn't know how to deal with it. I didn't know how to cope with it. Um, I honestly did not know how to handle it in, in any shape or form. Wow. So that, so the cutting became a real coping mechanism for mm -hmm. you. Yeah. And it, you know, I, I don't have personal experience with this, so I can only talk, and, which is not the same as having the personal experience. I fully understand that. Um, but I have come to realize that that coping, using self-harm mm -hmm. as a coping mechanism really is the most common um, reason for cutting. Mm -hmm. And it's sort of a way to release that stress and, and distract from the, the thing that's causing the despair. Mm -hmm. Is that kind of been your, was that sort of your experience that sort of was a stress reliever in a sense or a distraction? You would feel the pain from the cuttings? Well, I think, I think for me, it was a little bit different because um, I'm, I'm kind of a, I'm a recovering perfectionist. And so it was almost like I was giving off this persona, like, like you know, how when you see it, like a duck sw swim through the water, like on the top, everything is calm, cool, and collected. And underneath, you don't see, you know, you're, you're paddling like crazy just to tread water. And so I think the cutting was, was a way to kind of just be like a sign of that pain that was going on inside of me. It was kind of like, because, you know, everything was just, you know, perfect. You had, nobody had any idea what had happened or what was going on or, or any of the pain that I was feeling. And so that cutting in a way was almost like a sign of that pain. I see. Yeah. Um, one of the things I discovered too, is some people cut because in control mm -hmm. and um, that that's one way of, I mean, obviously a not helpful way, but mm -hmm. one way of sort of feeling as if that, you know, you're in control or it could even be like a, a rebellion in a sense mm -hmm. of, you know, so there, are, that's another way or reason why some people do cut. Um, I, I don't think that you were this particular person, but uh, mm -hmm. one one um, suggestion or one thing that I also came to understand 
through doing some of the study is that some people feel like they deserve to be punished. They deserve to have pain. It's sort of a self-loathing kind of a, mm-hmm. a thing. Um, it, it doesn't sound like you were in that particular category, or what do you think? I think certain facets, certain parts of, of, of myself kind of felt that way, especially after being assaulted. Um, okay. Like my, yeah. my, you know, my, my self-esteem was in the tank and it was like, um, because of that situation, you know, cause you're, you're replaying it it's in your head and it's like, I should have known better. There were red flags. Like, you know, you deserve for this to happen to you. I you know, you know yeah. it's, so, I mean, that's kind of a part of it. I mean, when it comes to self-harm, I think there's a lot of different, different facets to it. And like one of the things that you and I were talking about earlier too, there's some people who, um, individuals who cut for attention. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Or, and sometimes it can be sort of an epidemic in a way, Mm -hmm. like one person has started cutting Mm -hmm. really some relief in that. And then they share that with a friend who's having issues cut, you know, issues Mm -hmm. with coping or whatever. And then pretty soon you've got a whole group of people doing Mm -hmm. the same thing. So sometimes it's, it's sort of, I'm going to just test this thing out and see how that works out for me. Mm-hmm. So those are those are really hard things too. Um, when you when you look back, Heather, and you think about you know what was involved. First of all, how would you say that you were able to um, really stop this? Put you know put the brakes on. Um, well, it's kind of. What, what kind of plays into uh, lead, that leads up to those moments is that um, there was there at one point I had cut myself so deeply that I actually had cut to the bone and oh. sorry if it's too, sorry if it's too much, you know, TMI, oh. too much information, but I had cut myself so deeply that it was to the bone. And so I actually knew that I needed to get help. My husband knew that I needed to get help. And so I actually went to a clinic um, to get help and um, I was met with um, someone who did not want to help me. Um, this woman was a doctor and she sat there, she came in, she looked at my arms, you know, I told her what was going on. I told her how I was feeling. I told her that I needed help. And she sat there and told me that I wasn't worth her time or expertise. So the oh. stitches, so like the stitches or like the, um, the wounds that she needed to be stitching where it honestly, it probably could have used at least 20 stitches. She only did like one or two. And then she just sent me on, on my way. And so that kind of, kind of, huh made me feel even less then. And, um, I spiraled a little bit more and that's when, um, I attempted suicide. And so I had, you know, written a note to my husband and I had overdosed on uh, medication and I had, I took off, um, cause I wanted to be alone in my car when, when, when I went and thank God the headlight of my car was out and I was pulled over by a police officer who immediately took me to the hospital um, where I nearly died. Um, I had, I, I just very vividly remember doctors and, and nurses and, um, officers, you know, working to, to save my life. And that's when I heard the voice of God, which is crazy. Cause I keep in mind, I didn't believe in him. <laughs> so wow. and that's when he sat there and told me, Heather, it's not time for you to come home. I have plans for you. Wow. Um, audible voice. And at that same moment, it was just like this really, really uh, deep sense of peace, knowing that everything was going to be okay, even though everything was a mess. Um, And it was um, overnight um, where he literally healed me in that situation where I've, I've never 
you know, cut again, no self-harm after that. It was literally like a, like a, um, overnight healing, or wow. I guess instantaneously. That's incredible. You know, I, most cutting is really kind of hard to stop because mm -hmm. it's sort of compulsive. It's a behavior. It becomes and a behavior. It's very, very difficult to stop. And, um, you know, that, that's something that, uh, cutting is serious and, and it doesn't, I mean, it's very serious. It doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to commit suicide down the road, True. but it, it could, it, it's a, it's a huge sign that it's something is, yeah, really wrong and it needs to be addressed. Mm -hmm. So, um, we're going to kind of move into talking about what would be some warning signs and what were such that you're um, looking back now, of course, you weren't living with your mom at the time, mm -hmm. but um, if you had been looking back, what would be some things that you would have hoped that she might have picked up on or, um, you know, what, what would be some things for us parents to be going, oh gosh, you know, this, this could be another red flag here. Mm -hmm. Um. <sighs> What I wish, you know, like my husband would have picked up on or had I been home, what I wish my, you know, what my, I think my mother would have, would have picked up on just the fact that I was, uh, very withdrawn. Um, I was really hard on myself. I was very, very down on myself. Um, very critical. Uh, I wore long sleeves a lot. Um, those were, those were just some, uh, really big flags. Okay. Yeah. So, um, and you weren't a part of this, but that whole goth culture that is mm. even still exists. I mean, it. I think still, so. Yeah, I think it does. <laughs> yeah, it's still go, it's still going mm -hmm. on. Um, you know, that could be that sometimes is a part of that culture. So if you're if you dark makeup, I pay attention to that, mm -hmm. perhaps. Um, and then also, I guess eating disorders are often linked to cutting. Mm -hmm. So um, that's another thing that parents can be looking for. Um, maybe, you know, some sort of a personality disorder, uh, bipolar or mm -hmm. anxiety. Um, anxiety anxiety often can depression. lead, yes, lead yeah. to some things. And then, like you said, wearing those long sleeves mm -hmm. or, or pants all the time because some, when people cut and, Correct me if I'm wrong. I believe they try to hide it. The, typically, clothing. Um, yep. Yeah, so it's typically like the mo uh, the the main places where um, individuals tend to cut is either on their arms or their their legs. Um, I do know some girls. Uh, just talking from talking to other moms when I'm sharing my story, they've caught um, their daughters or their sons like cutting their stomachs. You know. So I mean, if it gets to the point where your child's not wanting to. Um, remove their clothes or they're very secretive about they're just more secretive than, than normal about their bodies. Um, that's, that, that can be a, a big red sign too. So, you know, I'm thinking about, uh, so now we kind of know what to look for and we've heard mm -hmm. your story. Um, what are some things that could be possible ways to best equip our kids so mm -hmm. that maybe they won't go down this path? What, what could be some ways to avoid that? Um, a lot of parents are afraid to share their stories because they're afraid that they're putting the idea of cutting or self-harm or depression or, or even anxiety into their, their children's heads. It's like, oh, if I talk about this, that's giving them the ideas. 
that's that couldn't be further from the truth. Um, I think vulnerability is huge, especially when we're talking to our children, because we have no idea um, the pressure that they're under or the or the things that they're going to. So, like the more that we're willing to share our experiences, the more likely they're going to be willing to open up. Um, that's good. You know, I think having a really strong relationship and a good connection with your kids mm-hmm. is you know, and being able to be vulnerable. And of course, you have to know your best, um, how to word things the best, knowing mm-hmm. your, your children. But yeah, I think um, relationship and being vulnerable, if they think that you've never experienced any pain, why would they ever want to come to you? Because you'd never be able to relate. Exactly. So I, I think that that's really huge. Um, you know, uh, teaching some coping skills, you know, Mm -hmm. for hard things, I think could be really, really helpful. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and, and I know the Lord fully intervened in your situation. Did he, as you went forward, replace the, the behavior that you used to alleviate your pain? Um, Did he replace that with something else? Like, what do you, because not much had really changed other than mm-hmm. you changed your relationship to the Lord. And he, I mean, that's huge. Yeah. But usually the Lord puts something else there for mm-hmm. us. Well, yeah. Cause like I said, I mean, life was still an ap- absolute mess. Um, so what happened after that is uh, shortly after that, I met um, Angela Levin. So Angela, if you're hearing this, you know, I love you. Still love you. She's kind of like my spiritual mama. She, um, she's a pastor's wife. And so she, so God put her in my life for a reason. And we've had, um, some really, really hard conversations because she, she helped me, um, clean up my life because at the time I didn't understand what it really meant to, to live for God. And here I am trying to be like a mom and a wife and a college student. And you're surrounded by like that party lifestyle and that secular lifestyle. And so Angela, you know, was, was, a um, was a light that, that really helped me, um, clean up the rest of my life, I guess is the best way to put it. I love it. How God puts people mm-hmm. who can help us, our helpers right in front of us. Exactly. And all we have to do is be accepting of that and vulnerable to that's, that's really cool. So to get some coping skills and to have a mentor or someone who can walk alongside you, mm-hmm. um, probably, you know, and having a good relationship, I do believe with your parents makes a really big difference. And, um, and again, I think being able to manage difficult emotions, mm-hmm. that that's another one. And, and, in our last podcast, we talked about what do we do with this big, bad, mad, right? Mm-hmm. But what do we do? We've got to figure out the source of the anger so that we can get to the problem-solving piece. Mm-hmm. And um, anger is something that can spur on cutting, you know, mm-hmm. as can self-loathing and shame and um, being overwhelmed, all those things. So if we can learn some ways to manage that, and I think even just being able to identify, hey, I'm feeling anxious can, can make a big difference in mm-hmm. being able to manage those emotions and find a more positive way to solve that particular feeling or that, that issue. Mm-hmm. Have you developed some of those kind of skills or are you teaching those skills to your kids? Oh, definitely. Um, when, I, when I feel anxious, 
Um, one of the things I do is I go for a run or I make sure that I get to at least one or two jazzercise classes. So um, having that physical release is huge. And so um, that's one of the things that I've taught my kids. So when they, when they have like these big emotions that they're trying to deal with, um, you know, it's really good for them to be able to exert their energy in some shape or form. Or uh, for my daughters, it's more of an outlet to, to draw or to write. Um, those are some really great um, coping skills. And, so, and one of the other things that we talk about too is when it comes to self-harm or anything like that, it's, you know, do you have a plan? Do you have, um, it's, it's asking your child whether or not they have a plan. Um, what kind of a safety plan do they have in place? Do they have an, a, an adult that they can talk to? Is there, is there someone they, they can trust that they can go to? Oh, that sounds really smart, you know, to have, give them those tools so that hopefully they won't go down the road of, mm -hmm. of, you know, doing any sort of self-harm. And there's, you know, lots of things kind of induced, not even just necessarily, mm -hmm. you know, cutting, it can be other things. Uh, you know, well, we talked about having an eating disorder that is really self-harm. It really um, is. So are there a few other things that come to mind when you, when you talk about self-harm? Honestly, it depends on, on the age level of the child, but it could be anything from like, you know, scratching or biting the skin to um, hitting or punching themselves or walls. It could be um, pulling out their hair, picking at scabs and wounds. It could be poisoning. Um, and it could even be doing things like driving recklessly or having unsafe sex. Yeah. Yeah, those are all huge things to watch out for. So anyway, um, I guess what I would encourage the parents who are concerned that their kiddos are self-harming to actually sit down and have that conversation with their kids. And this is something not to take lightly. And it often will not go away unless we take some sort of action and get some sort of intervention where God mm -hmm. can supernaturally intervene like he did with you, or it could be, and then you still needed follow your life who could continue to walk through mm -hmm. this with you. Mm -hmm. And he's of course always there, but the fact that you had somebody with skin on next to you, I think is really helpful. And, you know, just to seek out help, um, I think really getting professional help for your your loved one who might be going through this is is critical because they need to take that behavior and what fi figure out what's causing that wound and what's driving that and then go ahead and um, figure out different ways to be able to manage or, or cope with and be healed from those hard things. No, I completely agree with that. So... Wow. So any, any other advice you might want to give um, the mom out there that might be listening to this who's, who's really concerned about her, her daughter? It's most likely a daughter with cutting, but self-harm isn't necessarily mm -hmm. just for girls. I mean, the, the wild driving and that kind of thing can, I mean, it can be across the board, male or female. I think it's knowing that you are loved unconditionally. And one of the things that, you know, I talk about in that article um, that I wrote is that Jesus didn't become precious because he was perfect. Jesus became pre precious because of his scars. And so that's something that I really emphasize to my children because you, you're going to, you're going to get hurt in this life. 
Um, and none of us are perfect. And um, the more that we're willing to share our stories and the more that we're willing to talk to someone else, um, that's how we're going to get help. And that's how we're going to heal. Because often God uses other people to help us heal. You know, that is really true. And like in your case, he puts them right in front of you. Um, boy, I just, I love this line in your article on, can I really share my scars? And here's the line. You say, the scar means the wound has healed. The pain is over and I'm moving forward. I, mm. wow, that's profound. And um, you had one situation where you talk about this one friend who was going through a really hard time, asked her if where she was on a scale of one to 10, how would you rate your pain? And I think this is a critical question for us to remember in case we need to ask our kids. Mm -hmm. And can you speak to that? I just think this is like, Wow. Well, it's, it's a question that, you know, doctors ask because it's, it's, you know, cause pain is a signal that there's something wrong. Pain doesn't, pain isn't necessarily a bad thing. It's a signal that there's, that something needs to be fixed, that there's healing that needs to take place. And so when I've been in car accidents or I'm giving birth or something along those lines, they always ask you on a scale of one to 10, how would you rate your pain? And so I was in church one morning um, with a friend who I knew was going through a really really difficult time. Um, and so I asked her, you know, I just felt the Lord tell me, you know, to, to, to go and ask her that question, because I think he was using me at that moment to, to speak to her. And so I went up to her and I asked her, I'm like, I asked her on a scale of one to 10, how would you rate your pain? And so she was in tears and she sat there and said, well, you know, eight, maybe a nine. And that's when I hugged her. And I said exactly what it is that God was saying to her is that, you know, you could have said 10, but you didn't because you're still fighting. You're still a fighter and you can get through this. That is so great. To offer that hope is huge. I mean, what hope and encouragement you gave her. And mm -hmm. I just think that's, that's amazing. And when you talk about the scars, you say the, um, the scars we carry are God's glory. Wow. Well, they, they, it, they really are. It's a testament that you are a real person with real problems. It's real life. And one of the other things, too, is that Jesus wasn't recognized by his disciples until after he showed them his scars. I mean, it just makes you real. I think that's profound. I think it's profound. Well, I think it's because I had to, I had to come to terms with that because for, like, for the longest time, um, I lied about my scars. I said it was a ranching accident. Um, I did grow up on my uncle's ranch. I do have a couple scars from that, but it was just a lot easier to say, oh, it was a ranching ac accident versus, yeah, I decided to, you know, I, I, I was self-harming. I cut myself. You know, as, as being a 38-year-old woman and you have these very visible scars, it's, um, it can be a really awkward conversation. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, but now look what God's doing with it. Mm -hmm. So not that we want any of our loved ones to go through this at all. No. Mm -mm. But, um, but if they do, if they do have that, there is hope in the midst of it. There and, is so much hope. Yeah. Gosh, Heather, you also have this line, vulnerability sounds like truth and feels like courage. And here you are, you're speaking this amazing truth to us. Mm -hmm. And I believe it is really courageous. So Thank gosh, you. thanks so much for sharing that. And I, I know that God will use this to his glory. And um, it's always those hard things, right? But, it's always uh, the hard things. Yeah.
But we can do hard things. We can do hard things. <laughs> well, you had a, a Bible verse that you mm -hmm. were wanting to share. Would you be yeah, able to... Yeah, it's Isaiah 43, 1 through 3. Um, it's my life verse. I actually have it tattooed uh, to my wrist and also to my back. <laughs> but um, I'll go ahead and share that with you. Um, but now this is what the Lord says. He cr created you, Jacob. He who formed you, Israel. Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God, your Savior. Yeah, that is, that's a great verse. Thank you so much. Um, I'm going to close us in prayer. So, Father, thank you so much for um, using uh, the scars that Heather has to help those who are wounded today and to give hope to know that um, they don't have to stay in this place and that they can move forward. And Lord, um, you are with them. And you are with them through those, when we pass through those waters and we're going to go through the fire and we're not going to be burned up, Lord. We pray that um, you continue to walk with us. Give us as parents, as moms, eyes to see if our kiddos are hurting. And um, give us the courage to seek help. And also give us the opportunities and the vulnerability to let our kids know the times that we have struggled so that they know that they can come to us and we will have empathy and compassion in their struggles. Father, thank you for this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, mamas. Thanks for joining us today. We pray that this podcast encouraged you. Did you know that we hang out on Instagram and Facebook? If you'd like to directly connect with us, join our Moms Together Facebook group because we would love to get to know you. And remember, we are moms together because we are better together.